0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Um, well, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Andy Thomas today. Um, he's from the UK, and he has a book um, uh, called The New Heretics. Um, is that the name of the book, Andy? Sorry, it's called the new, Her- yeah, the new Heretics?
1: Yeah, or as we'd probably say out here, Heretics, but it is pronounced differently around the world. So, uh, But yes, The New Heretics, we would say here.
0: Yeah, and Andy has written for many journals and magazines, including Kindred Spirit and New Dawn, and he regularly contributes to the popular alternative journal Nexus magazine. Andy is the founder of Vital Signs Publishing, which is a producer of Jeff Stray's influential Beyond 2012, Catastrophe, or Ecstasy, and Richard Smith's uh, Future for a New World Vision, both edited by Andy. Andy... Keyboards Andy is the founder of Changing Times Truth and Mysteries group in East Sussex and co-presenter of the celebrated Glastonbury Symposium, one of the UK's longest-running alternative events. He is also experienced keyboard player and wrote music with co-composer David Swingland for many years, and which is both available online. He still occasionally plays with live guitarist Phil White for 35 years. Andy is married to the well-known psychologist psychological astrologer helen sewell Andy is always balanced and perceptive views on unusual subjects have become widely respected for credibility to areas not generally given coverage that they truly deserve and his website is truthagenda.org and i want to give him a big warm welcome to the show andy thank you for coming on how are you
1: yeah i'm good it's a pleasure thank you for having me here
0: um, now, how did you get this new idea? the idea to write the book, the new heretics Herit- or heretics, however you want to pronounce.
1: it? For sure, yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, I've been involved for years in writing about mysteries and conspiracies and giving talks and i've always tried to get as balanced a view as i can but you know and many people watching this will know that things like this are not taken seriously and increasingly and especially since we've had the last couple of years and all the pandemic scare and all of that you know anybody that questions the authorities or has a new idea that is branded conspiracy They're no longer allowed to express that. And and that suppression uh, of opinion is something that's uh, concerned me for years. And I felt that I really wanted to try to put something out there that would explain to the wider world just why it is that people do question and that you might not agree with everything that the conspiracy world believes, but you should allow them their view you know, within reasonable boundaries, because there's a lot out there that, that is just not talked about in the mainstream. And, uh, you know, the, when you start closing down somebody's view, that doesn't make that view go away. And it goes into the shadows and it then comes out as extremism. So I wanted to get it all on the table and say, look, I want to make a case for why it is that people do believe in unusual things. And that it's worth looking at before you dismiss it.
0: Yeah. And then what what do you think got people to the point today where they're literally fighting with each other as compared to back in the olden days? You can argue with someone, and it was um, it, it was it wasn't it wasn't that bad. But now it's like people are arguing with each other over politics, and especially here in the states, you know, it's become very divided.
1: Oh, yeah, to be sure. And that's true over here as well. I mean, so polarisation is a big problem of the age. And that's something that the book really addresses. And there's a phenomenon that I call in the book, the polarity trap, which is where people they get so fixed in their opinion that if anybody disagrees with that opinion, they don't agree to disagree, they get very angry, and then they attack the other side. But what we've got is all sides now doing that so yeah I mean over there you've got Republican versus Democrat we here for, for years had the arguments about whether we should stay in the EU or leave the EU now in the end we left but it created incredible divisions and people got very angry and it's everywhere you know you've now got man versus woman black versus white everywhere you look there's a new polarity which is put in place or an old one which suddenly resurges but you know sadly that that's very much happened in the world of those that research conspiracies or the paranormal and that's something that i've also been involved with over the years where they are now deemed to be dangerous people and especially since the u.s capital invasion you know anybody now that talks about a conspiracy is seen to be somebody that must be silenced immediately for the good of uh, the community and of course that that's not no help to anybody because that doesn't mean that you've made that view vanish Uh, all you've done is denied somebody a voice and then they get more angry and then you just get more polarization so the new heretics is an attempt to try to bring everybody back together to see look how can we accept that some other person might have a different view to me without wanting to destroy that other person and there are ways of doing it uh, and there are ways of realizing that you're never going to agree with everybody but somewhere in the middle you can at the very least learn to understand why it is that somebody else might have a different view and that's quite a good exercise to do.
0: Yeah and I was thinking uh, how much do you think that social engineering plays into a part with like what what our current state and what we're dealing with
1: Yeah, I mean, this is
0: something obviously
1: the the conspiracy world has been very concerned with for years, that this is a divide and rule policy that deliberately, that that the more they polarise us, you know, the more then we can never be united. And I I think there's something to that. I mean, if you look back at the Obama years, there was a programme called uh, cognitive infiltration, where there was a deliberate attempt to try to disrupt those that believed in conspiracies by breaking them up, by seeding fake information so that they would then attack each other, which sadly, of course, they have. So it it isn't just a polarisation between non-believers and believers in conspiracy. You've also got great polarisation within the conspiracy view, where, you know, if somebody doesn't believe exactly everything that, that person over there believes they're deemed to be shill they're told they must be working for the other side and all this kind of thing which just doesn't help anybody and what it does is it dilutes the effectiveness of those that are trying to get sensible information out there and it's a shame so i do think we have fallen into that polarity trap and, and we need to get out of it because then we'll be more effective but uh, it is everywhere sadly yeah division i think is used and yeah as you call it social engineering i, I think it's hard to deny that there very likely is an element of that going on
0: i had um neil sanders on my show he's from your your country um he's an author i don't know if you ever heard of him he, his website is neil yeah. sanders mind control and he told me about this group called cambridge analytica i don't know if you've ever heard of them but he says they're behind like most of the social engineering and basically he said they're they're why they they get people to think the way they think like through facebook like they he said they purposely like group people together and then they'll um play against your fears your your hates your desires your wants and they do it through social engineering have you heard of this
1: I have. Uh, yeah, I'm aware of Neil's work, uh, and it's really interesting. And yeah, I mean, Cambridge Analytica, I mean, they were exposed in the mainstream news. So this is something that is known about beyond the, the usual kind of conspiracy confines. And yeah, they certainly that, that's what they're there for. They are paid to manipulate information to try to nudge people. And that word nudge is something you hear a lot these days into one view or another. And it's done by very subtle means. now as you've described, yeah, that's Uh, and they very much were uh, active during like when we had the whole Brexit, do we leave the EU things here Uh, and some believe that actually they manipulated that situation very much. Um, On the other hand, you get other people saying that that in itself is a conspiracy and that the whole Cambridge Analytica thing is in itself another distraction Um, so you know, whatever layer you think you've unpeeled, you'll always find another layer underneath where somebody says ah, but they are also working for so-and-so so you're never quite sure but yeah I mean groups like that do exist uh, and there's a lot, I think, of government-funded organizations out there which are very clever in the way they they sort of manufacture our consent. That's an old phrase, but it's still going on. Uh, and, you know, David Icke, who I'm sure you'll be aware of, uh, you know, whatever anybody thinks about him, he had that equation that he used to talk about, uh, which I think is correct, which is problem, reaction, solution. So a problem is created In society and then everybody reacts and they demand a solution and normally that solution is more control so some believe that you know therefore the problems are manipulated into being in the first place and that we are then controlled by fear and we actually ask for the suppression that they wanted to give us all along and so that's one of the clever things and yeah certainly there are groups out there I think which do work to do that Uh, and uh, sadly it can be very effective as we have seen
0: Now, in this climate, where do you see, like, like from your studies and like your research, like, where do you see us going? Because it looks like um, we're—I don't know how it is in your country, but it seems like the pandemic is finally over now. But I think it definitely took a toll because, like, there's major inflation, but that could also have to do with the war in Russia. But I heard inflation's going on all over the world. Um, But um, I do think that the pandemic took a toll on us where do you see us going as a society now that the pandemic's almost over a knock on wood, you know, like hopefully it is, but I mean, um, well, where,
1: yes. What are your yeah. I mean, certainly the worst of it is over here. There's still numbers of people that have got it quite high numbers, but it seems to be nothing too serious at the moment. Of course, some would argue it never was serious. There were a lot of people that didn't believe the official story about the pandemic and, and they're still active today, but, you know whichever way you look at it there was the perception that there was a pandemic and yeah it's damaged the economies of many countries uh and and over here as well uh we're in now what is currently being branded a cost of living crisis uh you know energy is going up gas and electricity prices have gone crazily high and uh they reckon now four in ten people by the end of the summer will not be able to pay their uh energy bills and that's serious so you can soon have people uh waiting at food bank It it is a problem. And I think the pandemic was certainly part of that. And now, of course, yeah, the Ukrainian situation has come in and made that even worse. So they do think, don't they, there's going to be world food shortages. But then you're always going to get those that say, well, that's part of the manipulation. That the way the pandemic was promoted, we are told by some wars and manipulation, again, controlled by fear, and that as that was fading away, that they've now had to use the Ukrainian situation to do the same thing. Now I'm not saying that's true or not true but it it is quite widely believed out there in the conspiracy research world but once again we're being manipulated to be very afraid and when we do that of course we give in to more controls and the less money we have the less freedom we have and we've certainly got far less freedom now um, after the pandemic the more we're going to be at the mercy of uh, those that rule and that I'm afraid is certainly something it does look as if it is going that way at the moment
0: Yeah, I would agree. It's a really weird world. You know, Um, it's it's weird here because like gas prices are going up then like, you know, like just like prices of food are going up. It seems like um, and then this, the, the house sale of houses are going up too. Um, people are, are looking to buy and sell in houses. Like, it, it's just like, it's a really wild time for the economy and it's hard for average people to like continue to live. You know what I mean? It's the same way over here. Like I, but I, it, I don't think people are recognizing it as much, but then again, I don't watch the mainstream media either. I try to stay away from it, but it seems like, you know, from what I hear from other people, you know i because i work a full-time job too that people are having a hard time like you know living you know what i mean and um they they don't want to raise the wages for the um average worker you know what i mean and i don't think that's right especially after we went through a pandemic i feel like if somebody does a job they should be um and this is a little bit off topic but i just want to get your opinion on this like how do you feel like the the wages are like when and uh in your country as far as compared to like uh, in the, in the wages for the average worker around the world, what would you say Like to deal with these conditions that we're in.
1: Well, I mean, it's not good at the moment, and it's unlikely to get much better, I think, anytime soon. Uh, but uh, I mean, again, there is a theory that this is part of uh, what's called the Great Reset which is like a branch of uh, Agenda 2030, which you may have heard of, I'm sure, uh, which is supposed to be about sustainable uh, sustainable development for the future. Uh, but actually, if you look at the long-term plan, it's quite sort of communist leaning. It's about making everybody more equal, apart, of course, from the people at the top pulling all the strings. As ever, they will probably be very nicely off. Uh, however... Yeah, I, I mean, I do think we are heading for a time when you're going to have a lot of people that will not have the money to escape from the, the traps that they're in. And they're going to stay in their kind of class stratas. And of course, you could argue that does suit many people for that to be the case. Um The only thing I would say, though, is if you look back through history, whenever you get this, and often it does follow like a plague or a pandemic, and suddenly people, you know, are in a time when the whole idea of wealth changes. That creates, uh, you know, an unsettled quality in the culture, you know, of any country. And that's often when you then get uprisings and revolutions and trouble. So, yeah, I don't think the next few years are going to be easy at all. And, of course, when people are in one, and in need they're going to react violently against that and try to put that right so yeah i think we're probably in for troubled times uh in the immediate future but i mean some would argue that we need to go through this to identify once and for all that actually this isn't how we want to live you know there should be more of an equality but it should not be a kind of a communist enforced equality and you know there is a worry that that's where we're heading at the moment if the great reset uh were to actually have have its way so yeah i do think we need to be very cautious that in you know trying to sort of put things right we don't find ourselves falling into the agendas of those that really are serving themselves rather than us
0: for the for the fans that don't know i mean i i know what it is but like if you could tell the people like what exactly the plan is of the so the supposed the supposed plan of the great reset and agenda 2030 would be Mm. So, I mean, on
1: paper, you read about it and it sounds quite nice. And it's about creating a better world and protecting the environment and making economies more balanced. Um, And, you know, there are elements to it that you can see maybe have some merit. The issue is that especially Agenda 2030, what it's done is it's giving authorities sort of reasons, if you like. It gives them rights to take away property, to take away your land rights things like this water rights uh we've already seen this especially in in your country and we're seeing it now and talk about rewilding and that you know on the surface you think that's a good thing but equally what it will also do is disenfranchise a lot of people and many worry that if we go the wrong way with this what we're going to do is wind up at the mercy of people like bill gates who now owns more farmland in america than anybody else so you know is that equality because as if uh, you know when people talk about the new equality it doesn't seem to involve those at the top and the great reset I mean you've got people like uh, there's a gentleman called Klaus Schwab uh, who's uh, head of the World Economic Forum of course and you know again he says this is all for our good and when others accuse him of working for the new world order or for the ruling elites uh, and he denies it. He, he then has his photograph taken wearing this strange robe and this mysterious kind of mystical badge, which which really doesn't help him at all. And so others just said, well, there you go. There's the proof. You know, this guy is working for the Illuminati or whoever. So that's the trouble It's that the people that are telling us we need to build back better and that we need the great reset and all of this. Um, it doesn't look like they're on the journey with us. It looks like they're going to be above us. And that's always the problem. And, you know, that's why many worry that we're just heading for a new kind of communism. And as we know, throughout history, communism has always wound up with people at the top with a hell of a lot of money and influence and a lot of people down below in poverty. And it would be nice for it not to work like that again.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's weird. Um, It seems like this war in Ukraine has a lot to do with it. And I don't know if this could stem into, you know, my country getting involved, your country getting involved, and then it's a big mess. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, then there's talk of like nuclear war. And I mean, could this get really messy?
1: Well, I mean, your country, my country are involved. It's too late. We are already arming uh, Ukraine, sending a lot of armaments in. Uh, and, I mean, Putin it has said that he sees this as a proxy war uh, against Russia from the West. And um, although I don't think we had a lot of choice, but to do something um, at the same time, yeah, he's probably right about that. And it is dangerous because then... What if he decides to take action against our arms going in there and strays into kind of European territory or NATO territory? Yeah, uh, I don't think he could get messy. Uh, and then you get into that point of well you only need one side to use even one nuclear device even a small one what they call you know a sort of a a limited tactical device but but you've crossed the line i I don't think an all-out nuclear war would help anybody very much and that's always been the argument which is uh, why we have all these nuclear weapons yeah you'd like to hope that would we wouldn't go down that road and even Putin wouldn't but nonetheless accidents occur Uh, it's a danger so yeah I I think what's happening at the moment is not great and we can only hope that it subsides soon but I should say I mean there's been a war going on in Ukraine for years in the east and it wasn't covered by the Western media at all, or very, very occasionally. Uh, and yes, this has suddenly exploded into something. But the West did let this build, and we didn't react, and we didn't do anything. And I think that did send a signal to Putin that uh, he could just do what he wanted and that we would do nothing. So he's obviously, I think, being surprised by that now. But again you've got conspiracy views that no this whole thing is a setup and that actually you know what Putin is doing is all part of the new world order plot and some even think what he's doing is right I can't personally agree with that because even if you do believe that the US has got bio labs or whatever that we keep hearing about in Ukraine you don't invade a country and rape and murder and pillage your way through it uh, and then as an afterthought talk about biolabs nazis no you don't if you if you've got a concern about that you declare it to the united nations before you go to war so no there, there's no excuse that could be made for what's going on even if you see it through conspiracy eyes you know
0: i i heard this and i think neil said it um and i, I was a little bit of i haven't published the episode i did with neil yet because we got pretty heavy into stuff and like I have a platform for that. I can do it on my audio platforms. They're usually more lenient with like what I publish, but like YouTube, you know, like this is tough gonna to be tough to publish on YouTube as well because YouTube will strike you for it for just talking about this stuff. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, but, yeah. um, what I wanted to say was like I I uh when I was talking to Neil, I think he said that this was about natural gas wells, like um, that, that you know, like Ukraine has a lot of uh, natural gas. And this is like I, I can't re- I can't remember exactly what a proxy war is, but like it's like the U.S. sending arms into Ukraine because they want that natural gas. But and also. Maybe Russia wants that natural gas. But here's the thing. If the US wanted that natural gas that bad, they wouldn't just have be having Ukraine fight the war. I'm sure we would send our own troops in, but then they might be afraid that that would ignite a world war. What are your thoughts on the whole natural gas thing and what I just said?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, Ukraine has a lot of natural resources. That is one of the things that Putin wants, and we also want access to it. So there is a tug of war there. Also, we shouldn't forget that, I mean, 30 percent of Europe's grain comes from Ukraine. So if Russia has control of that, that gives them an enormous amount of influence. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense from Putin's point of view to to have control of it but equally it means that we need to have some control over it as well uh, I don't think Ukraine's been treated very well by either side for a long time uh, I think there's always been a push and a pull but for sure I mean if America or indeed Britain and we're involved as well were to go in and actively um, start to be fighting in there yeah yeah you really then have declared open war against Russia and I don't think that they can do that so what they're doing at the moment is just supplying arms but you know who knows what else is going on underneath the surface uh and you can be very sure that much more is going on there than what we hear
0: yeah and i just wanted to get your opinion on this too because it's a, a hot topic like but because I cover it too, Um, with everything, you know, with all, even all this, all this crazy stuff in the news, more and more UFO disclosures coming out. And I know you cover a lot of conspiracy, but you also cover a lot of esoteric stuff. So just as someone covering media for all this time, what are your thoughts on the fact that all this UFO disclosure is coming out? And I'll just recap everything. So, you know, first the UF, the U S Navy pilots came out with their you know, there was three. There was the Gimbal to Go Fast and the Tic Tac. And now the, the Pentagon released more unclassified documents that talk about abduction pregnancies. They talk about people getting burned by UFOs and harmed. Mm. Have you got into this area, study it all? And what are your thoughts on it?
1: Absolutely. I So in my previous books, The Truth, Agenda, and Conspiracies, you know, I've written about this because it is very important. And in the new book, The New Heretics, again, I discuss... The, the fact that UFO disclosure, it, it sort of creates, again, a new polarity. So there's no question that I think it was important that the, the the U.S. Navy especially announcing that there was a phenomenon, there were things flying around they couldn't explain. I think even if they did it initially just to kind of keep people quiet for a while, it, of course, what it's done is now create a, more of a clamor for further disclosure. So And as you say, they're now coming out with a little bit more and a little bit more all the time. So on one level, that's exactly the kind of thing that people like Stephen Greer and other disclosure campaigners have wanted for a very long time. But the more we start to get that, of course, then you get this other voice coming in. And again, polarity that says, actually, why should we trust these authorities when they've lied about UFOs all these years and they've clearly been denying it when there was a phenomenon wherever we think that they come from? And I think if they were to suddenly be very open about the fact that, all right, there are extraterrestrial presences, you're immediately going to get a lot of people that won't believe that. They will believe that is another new world order control agenda to try to make us think that aliens are coming so that they can take more control and say they're doing it in the name of protecting us. So it's funny, isn't it? So even if there was full disclosure about ETs and UFOs tomorrow, you're going to have a large amount of people in the conspiracy world that are not going to believe that. And then you're going to get two factions, whereas all the ones that have wanted to hear about this for years will will be saying, well, no, no, this is real. So... uh, one of the things that I touch on in the New Heretics is that it's actually very hard, often, to really know what's going on. In the end, we all choose our truths based on probabilities of evidence, and we tend to choose it based on our tendencies. And you know, we grow up with certain ways of thinking. We tend to believe or we don't believe. And in the end, every bit of evidence that comes our way, we filter that through, you know, our own eyes. And and everybody does that to some degree. Absolutely proving what the truth of something is, it is going to be, I think, a long way off, though I do propose in the book some ways that we could potentially do that and something I call truth panels. But yeah, to go back to the UFO subject, absolutely. I do think something is happening, but I think it's going to cause as much division as it does actually resolve anything.
0: And and if you if you had to guess or speculate, what would you say? Do you think it's like there's some real? I mean, I think personally that there's a lot of reality to this subject. I think that like, you know, it's been covered up for 70 years, you know, and uh, and honestly, like it's been, you know, hidden from us. But I think that's the exact reason why this is my whole opinion on it. I think this is why, <clears throat> excuse me, that the government's coming out with a slow drip, because if they would. Admit to everything. Like you said, not only would people question it, but they would also say, well, why have you lied to us for 70 years? So I think they have to kind of do it in a gradual way as to not enrage the public, because you have like, Mm -hmm. you know, I talk to a lot of contactees and abductees on my show, and you they they have a right to you know as far as like yeah you know that these things have been doing stuff to my body for years and nobody's protected me you're supposed by government you're supposed to protect me and that hasn't happened they, they've been taking us for hundreds of years and nobody's done anything and and, they, and you can't re, really get mad at the government because they can say well, well what can we do they're just coming into our atmosphere they can come in and out like this and they you know, they, do, there's nothing we can really do. So, but so it's kind of like a two, it's a double edged sword, right? Like, so do you think that's why there might be a slow drip of disclosure?
1: Well, I mean, some viewers may be aware of what was called the Brookings Report. Now, that was brought out in the 1950s, and it was a US government, basically a report saying, would the American public be ready to hear about ETs or not? And it very firmly decided they would not be ready and that they're basically whatever the government knew it should never announce to the people not in those times are we in new times now well maybe but i think yes there would still be a great concern that people might react badly to the knowledge the certain knowledge uh if that's what it was that ets were around it it would say it would challenge many people it would challenge certain religions that think that this planet is the core of the whole universe It, it would make people also feel very unsettled because the notion that maybe there's Something out there with more power than us, and by the way, there is some evidence of that: UFOs hovering over nuclear bases and closing down missile silos, and all of that. It may well be there is a force out there bigger than us, and I think suddenly we we probably would feel a bit squeamish about that. So I'm sure the authorities would be very careful in how much they told us, and they they will probably gauge the reaction that they get. Um, so, but again we know something strange flies around I mean, if you just go back to World War II, you had the Foo Fighters, you know, not the band, the actual real Foo Fighters, these lights flying around uh, aeroplanes of both sides. And that was never resolved to this day. We don't know what that was. And they were often small and white. Even today, things like that get seen. And there's certainly no known technology back then that could do that. Not even the hidden Nazi flying saucer technology that we now know they were testing. Um, There was something back then that could not be explained, and I suspect it is the case today. And, you know, the the ex-Canadian defence minister, Paul Hillier, has said, in his view, the US is in contact with ETs. Uh, Recently, an Israeli general said the same thing. So there are now people in very high positions that are beginning to become more overt with their views about this. But, of course, then the conspiracy view says, well, they're deliberately seeding this. It's a double bluff. They're trying to kind of cloud the truth and that's what i mean you know no matter what gets announced no matter what we are shown or gets disclosed that there are now going to be people that will doubt it and and i think there will be a strong reaction against it from some quarters
0: and that's why you wrote this book the new heretics right because it kind of shows us like where we've gone to as a society like we have this like this very high distrust for government correct
1: well we do, and it's very innate I and mean, it's not a new thing I mean in my previous books I've written about the history of conspiracy theory, and I mean you can go back to the Roman Empire and discover that hardly anybody believed anything the the authorities told them even back then uh, and it's still true today, but I think what what the difference is today is that we have much faster ways of course through social media and the internet of disseminating information, and that means it, it that information flows very quickly and also misinformation and that can be used by both sides and so we all wind up actually not knowing what to believe and there's constantly a bombardment of information coming at us from every angle and i think that has an effect on society has an effect on human beings and in the new heretics there's a whole chapter about the digital age which is now the age that we're living in and the effects of that that we have still not really ever stopped to think about what we are going to be as human beings is going to change massively, especially when transhumanism comes in, and we start to, you know, put brain chips into our brains, and we start to meld with technology ever more. Um, Who is controlling the centralized information that probably such a system would run on is really going to matter. And the information that goes into that, we all need to play a part in making sure that it isn't just one faction of opinion which is controlling it. Because once we've all got a chip sending the internet directly into our brain, which is, by the way, openly being talked about, it's not science fiction, you know, well, who's controlling that information really matters when it's just going to be the first thing that pops into your head when you need information. So it, at the moment, we're on a real cusp. We have the choice to make a very good moral decision that we're going to allow all opinions to be be heard If something is seen to be wrong, we allow that to come out, you know, we shine the light on it. But what you don't do is refuse people the right to their opinion. And that's what's happening at the moment, almost in the hope that anybody that challenges orthodoxy will be swept away in the future and you will never hear from them again. And I think that that would be a major misrepresentation of humanity if that is allowed to happen. So, you know, one of the things the book is advocating is don't do that. You've got to hear these people out. Even if you don't agree with them, hear what they've got to say and try to understand it. And, you know, also, you know, the alternative think they also need to understand why they're being attacked and then we'll get somewhere better but at the moment yeah we're on a trajectory where those that question are being heavily crushed and that is not serving the human race at all.
0: Now when you wrote the uh, the new the new book New Heretics does it prove that some of these conspiracy Robert, theories Robert you, you you there let me pause it are you there I am that you froze uh. yeah okay Robert you
1: frozen on me here so I can sort of hear your voice but uh, you're not moving on the screen so but can you still see and hear me
0: yeah I can hear Quiet. If it, if it'll- okay uh, and I, I get what I was getting to was um what well, in your book the new heretics does it prove that some of these conspiracy theories may be real
1: Uh, Well, what he does and what all my work's done for years is discuss the evidence, not hearsay, not just somebody believing in a conspiracy. It says, look, here's the core evidence. Here's why people believe it. Here's why people question the pandemic. Here's why people believe in ETs and question 9-11 and so on, because that is not delivered to us in the mainstream so the mainstream just pretends there is no evidence at all uh, and it's left to you know people like ourselves to just try to show people that there is another side to the argument proof i've never used the word proof of anything because as i said earlier i think it's very very difficult to be 100% sure about something but you can certainly build very strong probabilities that there are areas that need to be looked at again and you know when you see some of the stories delivered to us in the mainstream uh, which which we are told are true and often turn it turns out that is not the full story at all. And history records that, you know, we should be very cautious about only taking the word of mainstream journalism or governments or mainstream authorities, because, you know, they have their own agendas. We know they put out war propaganda. You know, we know the stories are seeded, which are not correct. And they may believe that there's a good reason for doing it. And okay, maybe there sometimes is. But the fact is, it's not all accurate. And for them to then attack the conspiracy thinkers and say that they have no right to the information they're trying to share, well, it doesn't work. So, yeah, the book, it it actually says this is why people believe what they believe. And here's how their minds work. I've been a truth seeker for, you know, decades now, and I'm trying to share that mindset and explain to people, look, this is why we feel so passionately about these areas. I'm not asking you to agree with me necessarily, but just look at the evidence. Just look at how we think. And then you will understand us better and in turn in exchange we will try to understand you better and the book it it delivers ways that in which we can do this and it's not that hard it's just that we've got out of the habit of doing it that's all
0: yeah that's this is this is amazing um can can you give everybody your website and where to find the book and everything
1: For sure. So my website is truthagenda.org truthagenda.org. Lots of videos to watch, lots of talks and articles to read and you can find out about what I'm up to and my other books. And uh, yes, so my new book is The New Heretics. You can get it, you know, anywhere all retailers in America, Britain and around the world, Uh, Amazon, you will find it. So look it up, The New Heretics by Andy Thomas. And the subtitle is called Understanding the Conspiracy Theories Polarising the World because that's what it's about. It's about bringing understanding and hopefully somewhere down the line a little bit more compassion towards those that do challenge uh what we're told in the mainstream because sometimes they are right to do that
0: i think that's a great point that's about i think that's such a great point that's why i wanted to have you on the show this was awesome well thank you thank you for coming on thank and you. sharing your your um your knowledge and i i really appreciate it
1: uh, it's been a real pleasure thank you
0: all right uh, and i'll send you a link once i put it up okay
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I'll share it around when I've got it. So brilliant. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Andy. Have a nice night.